Hey everyone, this is Achuta Bhava from Nightlight Astrology, and today we are going to continue our series on the Tao Te Ching for astrologers. Uh, today we are looking at verses 31 and 32. Of course, as I say in every episode, you don't need to have watched all of the previous episodes. You can jump in wherever you want in order to uh, learn something new from the Tao Te Ching. Um, every verse is kind of its own little world, um, packed full of wisdom that is deeply applicable for us as students of astrology and one of the reasons I do this and have one day a week where we spend talking about bhakti yoga philosophy and sort of the philosophy of astrology is to remind ourselves of why we're tuning in. I think it's really important to do that. I don't care if, you know, one tenth of the amount of people watch these episodes. Um, it is the, that tenth of people watching these particular episodes are my people. So, um, and, and the rest of you are, of course, as well. Maybe you're just not into the Tao Te Ching, but to me, the people who recognize, hey, I need to reflect on why I'm doing this. Um, that's when you really start getting the most out of astrology. This is like my soapbox. So um, that's something I say to all of my students too. If you want to get the most out of astrology, you need a spiritual practice. You need to be uh, taking time out for um, the underlying why. Why am I doing astrology? So that's what the series is for. Uh, we're going to pick up on verses 31 and 32. I'll read through them twice. I'm going to put them up on the screen, of course, so that you can see it as always. And we'll read through it twice. And then on the second time through, I will offer some reflections that I think are applicable to us as students of astrology. The Tao Te Ching has been a part of my daily study habits uh, as an astrologer and uh, a yogi, so to speak, for a long time. So uh, I hope that you will find uh, the parallels as amazing as I do. Before we get into it, don't forget to like and subscribe, share your comments, and click the notification bell for updates when you do subscribe. Helps the channel to grow. You can always find a transcript of my daily talks on my website, nightlightastrology.com. All right, I'm going to go ahead and share the screen, and we will get into verses 31 and 32. Let me make this full screen. I know some people watch this, you know, on a, on a bigger screen, some people smaller. So if you can't see the words, it's, you can just listen to it. But if you, if it helps you to look, you can read. I also, by the way, um, I, I look at the Jonathan Starr translation of the Tao Te Ching from Tartar Cornerstone uh, editions. I think it's a very handy uh, place to start for beginners. Uh, it's like myself. So anyway, um, verse 31 reads this. Even the finest warrior is defeated when he goes against natural law. By his own hand, he is doomed, and all creatures are likely to despise him. One who knows Tao never turns from life's calling. When at home, he honors the side of rest. When at war, he honors the side of action. Peace and tranquility are what he holds most dear, so he does not obtain weapons. But when their use is unavoidable, he employs them with fortitude and zeal. Do not flaunt your excellence. Do not rejoice over victory. With the loss of others, weep with sorrow and grief. After winning a battle, do not celebrate, observe the rites of a funeral. One who is bound to action, proud of victory, and delights in the misfortune of others will never gain a thing from this world below heaven. Verse 32. Tao is eternal, one without a second, simple indeed, yet so subtle that no one can master it. If princes and kings could just hold it, all things would flock to their kingdom. Heaven and earth would rejoice with the dripping of sweet dew. Everyone would live in harmony, not by official decree, but by their own inner goodness. 
The world is nothing but the glory of Tao expressed through different names and forms. One who sees the things of this world as being real and self-existent has lost sight of the truth. To him, every word becomes a trap. Everything becomes a prison. One who knows the underlying, the truth that underlies all things lives in this world without danger. To him, every word reflects the universe. Every moment brings enlightenment. Rivers and streams are born of the ocean. All creation is born of Tao. Just as all waters flows, all water flows back to the ocean, all creation flows back to become Tao. Let's go back to verse 31. We'll read it again and we'll add some reflections here that apply to us as students of astrology. Verse 31, even the finest warrior is defeated when he goes against natural law. By his own hand, he is doomed and all creatures are likely to despise him. One who knows Tao never turns from life's calling. When at home, he honors the side of rest. When at war, he honors the side of action. Peace and tranquility are what he holds most dear, so he does not obtain weapons. But when their use is unavoidable, he employs them with fortitude and zeal. Do not flaunt your excellence. Do not rejoice over victory. With the loss of others, weep with sorrow and grief. After winning a battle, do not celebrate. Observe the rites of a funeral. One who is bound to action, proud of victory, and delights in the misfortunes of misfortune of others will never gain a thing from this world below heaven. Well, I think there's a number of things that are super applicable for us today in the world. Um, what to speak of us as students of astrology, right? But first of all, if I had to summarize what the birth chart is psychologically, there's a lot of things that it describes karmically, faded events or themes or patterns that are playing out in our lives. But it also describes something of the innate character and the calling of life, des our destiny is rooted in character. I think it was Heraclitus who said character is destiny. So when I read this verse and I think about astrology, my everyday life as an astrologer, as someone like you who likes to consume astrological content, I think of the birth chart as um, a picture of the natural law that is our character. The first house Indian astrologers referred to as Dharma. Now, Dharma can mean a lot of different things, but one of the things that it means in the astrological sense the first house sense, is the duty that we are bound to, obligated to, by virtue of our character. Now, that might be have been warped at different times to mean something like caste or class or socioeconomic status or family or something like that. But spiritually, I think what I take away is the idea that each of us are bound to a certain destiny. Um, that is rooted fundamentally in our character. And um, the fifth house, some Indian astrologers associate because it is trine to the first house as the house that brings about joy and happiness in relation to the fulfillment of our dharma. So in other words, if you're method acting your character well, if you're playing the role assigned to you well, there is a sense of happiness. In the Tao Te Ching here is saying that 
even someone who is very skilled and talented, if they go against natural law, by their own hand, they're doomed. In other words, we there's something about whoever we are that requires that we keep aligning with it, that that there's a soul and that it's got a character and that the soul has to choose to, to play that character well over and over again. And if you go against the nature of that character that you're that there's there's karmic consequences and honestly if i had to summarize what i see in working with people in birth charts every day it is that people suffer when they try to be something other than who they are and the birth chart gives not an exact picture but it gives a symbolic representation of some of the most beautiful dimensions of who we are it give it's like a painting of who we are and it, it, what i see from people over and over again is that they somehow try to be something else and they, they're trying to hammer themselves into some other shape and they suffer. It's a little bit different than what this verse is saying, but I think it's very similar that there is a natural law in the universe and that law extends into the heavens and the planets and the way that they play a role in the shaping and formation of our character, the reason that we come here, the role that we're meant to play. One who knows Tao never turns from life's calling. You see, it's the same thing. The birth chart is describing, I had a speaker come and give a talk in our summer speaker series named Sean Nygaard. He's a good friend of mine. And he gave a talk on the daimon. The daimon in ancient astrology was the sense of almost like a guardian spirit that helps you to pursue the path that is unique and destined for you. And when you, when you are true to this calling, um, then there's a sense of being true to not only the character that you are born with that desires to be played on the stage of life, but that you're, you're somehow stepping into alignment with the universe itself. I remember when I was a kid, people used to say, just be yourself. You know, and I was always like, well, how could you be anything else? I, that would be my response. Well, how could you be anything other than yourself? And as I got older, I realized, well, no, actually you, you get, you know, your teenage years, early 20s, something like, like that, you look around at the world and you think, well, you know, that's how that person over there, that's what I should be like, or this is what I should look like, or this is how I should act, or this is what defines success. And you start getting away from thinking about who, what is authentically you and being in accord with what is you. And if you follow that path, it turns out that um, everything that you're looking for naturally tends to come to you. And the verse is saying something very similar, which is that if you are true to the sense of alignment that's built into nature, and I consider that to be what the planets are depicting in the birth chart, if you're true to that, then you kind of know when to rest or when to be active. Um, you, you know when it's a time of peace or it's a time of war, so to speak. You know when to push zig or zag. You know, you know when to push out or pull back in. And you know when it's the right time to do something and when it's not the right time to do something. And I don't think that's born of some sense of like, like just adhering to some external law. I mean, it's partly that, but it's also about the inner law. I think it was Immanuel Kant who said, the only two things that fill me with awe is the starry sky above and the moral law within. And I don't think what he meant by the moral law within is like the memorization of a set of societal codes. I think what he meant by moral law within is the sense of 
adherence to a code. James Hillman wrote a book called The Soul's Code. And I think it's something like that. And that when you're following this, you kind of, you're listening very closely to the calling of character, then you know when it's the right time to do certain kinds of things and when it's not the right time to do certain things. One of the things I love about this verse is that it also says, when you are good at something or when you're receiving praise for something or when you're victorious, don't be cocky about it. Don't rub it in other people's face. Don't rejoice that over other people because you won or you're great or whatever. Uh, and that's a good warning because the truth is that when one is on a spiritual path and one starts to pay attention to who you are and to, to follow it and to learn this kind of, you know, you're, you're, you're navigating life with a certain kind of spiritual intelligence and, and grace, people start paying more attention to you. You start, you, people will start saying, oh, I like the way that they're living or I like the way that they're doing or they're succeeding at some things because that's a byproduct of this. And the Tao is giving this advice for warriors, but it really applies to anyone who's doing well and sort of, you know, kicking butt, you know, and but why are they doing so? It's because they're being true to character and they're in alignment with some, they're in alignment with the flow of the cosmos, so to speak. And that kind of person doesn't la laud their victories over other people. They don't brag. They're not proud. Um, now, one who is bound to action, proud of victory, and delights in the misfortune of others will never gain a thing from this world below heaven. So a, a stern warning. It's like, yeah, that if you're in alignment with the Tao and with your sense of character and destiny, like good things can come to you, but you know, you'll know when to push or pull. You'll have a natural sense of timing, and you will not rejoice. I'm so much better than other people just because. Again, one of the sort of tempting or seductive byproducts of following the Tao is that you often start doing well at things. I think that's a really important verse. And I see this all the time in astrology, you know, a Jupiter season's followed by a Saturn season. And we if you don't if you don't stay humble, it's pretty easy to get smacked down of our own accord. Anyway, verse 32. <clears throat> Tao is eternal one without a second, simple indeed, yet so subtle that no one can master it. If princes and kings could just hold it, all things would flock to their kingdom. Heaven and earth would rejoice with the dripping of sweet dew. Everyone would live in harmony, not by official decree, but by their own inner goodness. You see, that's the part where I was saying it's not some kind of external law that the Tao Te Ching is talking about. It's an inner sense of what's right and the timing of things, the it's very it's a very present living sense of what is right it's not a moralistic you know vain proud boastful condemning self-righteous kind of energy the world is nothing but the glory of tao expressed through different names and forms one who sees the thing of this world as being real and self-existent which that would mean like independent and apart from this greater uh cosmic unity has lost sight of the truth. To him, every word becomes a trap and everything becomes a prison. One who knows the truth that underlies all things lives in this world without danger. To him, every word reflects the universe. Every moment brings enlightenment. Rivers and streams are born of the ocean. All creation is born of Tao. Just as all water flows back to the ocean, all creation flows back to become Tao. How many memes have come from the Tao Te Ching? <laughs> 
lots. But one of the reasons I love this verse is because in this verse, we are getting the truth that to me is most fundamental about my daily practice of astrology. And you guys have heard me say this many times before. If you track the planets in everyday life, you start to realize that this world is the, the one become many. You realize uh, that the planets and the experiences you're having constantly reflect something of uh, divinity and of the, lar the, the divine intelligence that is uh, the unity underlying within all things, transcendent and imminent at the same time. And the more that you get a felt sense of this present in your experiences through the reflective language of astrology, um, the more that you are able to see every experience as a blessing or a lesson or a piece of art or something that's curious and interesting or something that's funny. Um, it's like the universe is just begging us to see it as um, alive and, and for us to um, participate with a sense that life is glorious and, and, it's, it's such a beautiful language that we have, that we even have an opportunity to walk through everyday life and see our experiences reflected by the planets, pointing us toward uh, this divine uh, nature. I mean, how is, you know, if it, if it doesn't blow our mind again and again and again, then we're not paying attention. We're not paying close enough attention. Um, so to me, the Tao Te Ching, is saying the same thing, saying, look, if you study the Tao, you're going to start to see that it flows through everything. It's ever present everywhere. And it will change your life and make you a recipient of the greatest gift in every moment. Moment by moment, when we study and practice this astrology in this way, the recognition of the Tao comes into our consciousness, you might call it God or source. Um, and that recognition grants an un unspeakable beauty and intimacy into the, the very nature of life and experience. Um, so that's why we do it. And, and it, it, but you have to remind yourself, that's why I'm doing this because there's this other dimension to astrology where it's nothing more than, uh, you know, a spinning wheel of cosmic gossip and, um, uh, you know, uh, it's like a, it's like a cosmic soap opera. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with the occasional soap opera. I mean, I'm invested probably in just as many as you are. But um, I have to stop and remember what, why I'm here, what I'm doing, what is this all about, and, and kind of look up, you know. And I look up, and I, and I eventually look back down. I see things differently, and I come, I come back into the heart. Uh, it's easier to love. It's easier to forgive. It's easier to laugh. It's easier to feel gratitude if I'm doing that. So anyway, I hope that you guys uh, get something of the same. Don't forget to like and subscribe, share your comments and uh, all that good stuff that helps the algorithm pick up the channel and helps the channel to grow. You can always find a transcript of any of my daily talks on the website, nightlightastrology.com. That's what I've got for today. Bye, everyone.